Hello and welcome to the very first edition of the People's Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Bunker, and together with my esteemed co-hosts, we are beyond excited to bring you our take on something that's very near and dear to our hearts. I am, of course, talking about sometimes utterly ridiculous, sometimes jaw-droppingly brilliant world of WWE. So join us as we delve deeper into all the latest news and happenings from the likes of Monday Night Raw, Smackdown Live, and much more in between, ranting, raving, and generally just having a laugh amongst mates, talking about something that we, and we hope you guys too, all love. So with that in mind, we want you to get involved as much as possible, so make sure you find us on Twitter, at the underscore PWP, and the People's Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Tweet us, message us, whatever you like. Let us know what you do like, what you don't like. Let us know what you want us to talk about, because as the name suggests, this podcast is for you, the people. So with that in mind, please sit back, relax, and let me first introduce you to my co-host. First up, it's the Jeff to my Matt, the Owen to my Brett, the Jay to my Jimmy, I think, the Kane to my Undertaker, kinda. He was lucky enough not to have lived through the WWE in the mid-90s, and most importantly, he's my little brother. Aiden Bunker, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo! Thank you very much for that glowing introduction. You're welcome. I'm uh, very glad you didn't say the Ginetti to your Michaels. <laughs> well, I was going through the, the, the brother route, in case you didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, excited to be here? Very. Insightful as always. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Aiden, um, just a little bit of background about you. You've been a, a lifer, but. You're one of the younger ones. Um, as I said before, you were quite lucky. And you didn't have to live through the, the mid to, early to mid-90s. Um, you missed the likes of Dookie Ducks to Drosy and... Uh, Doink the Clown. Doink the Clown. Oh, they are quite like Doink. Um, Quang. Quang. <laughs> Just to name a few. Um, so, you're one of the lucky ones. I mean, you have lived through the 2011 sort of 12 period. <laughs> you know. I'd like to imagine I'm wise beyond my years, though. Remains to be seen. <laughs> okay, next up, he's our very own Big Show, but with more hair and a better beard. He's PWP's resident monster amongst men. It's the man, the myth, the legend. It's Matt Bumby, everyone. Bumby! <laughs> that sounds, yeah, that sounds all right. I think that sounded great. Yeah. <laughs> the mic's appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Matt, yeah, so, excited to be here? I am in... Delighted to be here. One thing we should probably know is that this, going back a few months now, this was actually your idea. It was. It's something I've, for about a year and a bit now, been wanting to do this with you guys. So to get to this point is progress. It is progress. Remains to be seen whether we go any further <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or if we ever get a listener. Well, um, we might. But, uh, but you know, it's um, certainly an exciting time. And um, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. So we figured since it's our first episode um, and we're new to the podcast game, you don't really know who the hell we are, um, we thought we'd just have a little quick chat just to introduce ourselves, really, um, what kind of wrestling fans we are, what we're into, what we're not, um, and we'll go from there. So I guess I'll start with myself, if that's alright with you guys. Go for it. Go for it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been a wrestling fan since about the age of five, and um, the first actual memory I have. Um, quite a vivid one was Royal Rumble 94. 
long-time fans will know that was the Undertaker Yokozuna casket match, which is famous for probably what happened more after the match than, than during. I'll, I'll let you go look that up in your own time because it is a gem. Soon uh, all guys. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the speech Taker makes uh, after the matches probably goes down in history. For me, that's one of the, the best moments ever. But I understand that um, a lot of people thought it was a bit hammy, <laughs> which I understand. Um, but yeah, ever since then, I have no idea why I was watching that, that Royal Rumble Nightfall pay-per-view, by the way. I think it had something to do with my dad. Um, he must have been a fan before, but we never really spoke about that. Um, but yeah, since then, non-stop, pretty much, up until the time I went to university, and I thought, maybe I've grown out of it a little bit, and then I got older, and then I grew back into it. Um, and I'm glad I did, because in recent years, I must say, probably some of the best. So, that's me, Aiden, what about you? I was probably around a similar age as what you were. Um, sometime around, this is going to show how young I am, around 2000, maybe 2001, Let's um, just put, yeah, let's just reiterate this point. Aiden's 21 and it makes me sick. 22, soon to be. It's his birthday in a couple of weeks, but it's still sickeningly young. Um, so, yeah, my I've very early 2000s memories of wrestling, really. I don't have a specific, uh, a specific match or event which I remember. Um, some, but I do vividly kind of remember the Royal Rumble 2001. I know that wasn't my Classic. first... But it was definitely kind of what uh, one of my strongest memories of wrestling as a kid, and then just kind of fell in love with it from there and became just just a tad obsessed. So I know I mentioned it earlier um, in that you are one of the lucky ones, but I guess coming into it at the sort of early two thousands, you missed the Attitude Era pretty much, uh, or at least you don't remember it. I certainly remember tussling with you at home during the Attitude Era. Uh, one particular time, uh, you ended up with a pretty large, bloody scratch down your whole entire back. Yeah, which I do remember a, this one. Which you could say came from a, a, a botched spear. Uh, <laughs> let's clearly, just say, clearly, wrestling was not for me. Let's just say I was coming off the top of the sofa, guys. And, Sorry, mum. And I was unaware that you were about to spear me in midair. And I think you were unaware that you're. Silver watch was about to almost impale me. <laughs> yeah, it looked pretty vicious, and I, uh, I, I think I panicked <laughs> immediately when I saw the blood coming down your back. Patched um, me up very quickly. Yeah, I was, I was quite, quite quick to patch you up and, and hide the evidence. I think that's pretty much what I was going for. Put your shirt back on. Yeah, <laughs> before Mum came home, <laughs> um, and I think I got away with it until now. And so, yeah, just put my foot in it. Sorry, Mum. Yeah, Matt, um, I hope you don't mind me saying, you're a little bit older than Aiden. <laughs> Just a little bit, so, yeah. like me, you lived through what we like to refer to as the dark ages yeah, of the yeah. early to mid-90s. Class, sort of, there were moments of pure class in those times. Yeah. We, I mean, we saw the emergence of some great guys. But you had Bret Hart, you Shawn Michaels. Exactly, but in general. Not the greatest time. It was pretty bad. We had a... Yokozuna, who for a long time I thought was Japanese. I think you're not the only one. And as we found out only a few years ago, he was Samoan. Well, okay, well, I found out probably about <laughs> 20 years ago, but uh, it's, yeah, he's Samoan. Was Samoan. 
was the match. God bless Yeah, so I got into wrestling probably about the 93 period. I remember owning King of the Ring 93 was my first videotape back in the day. Videotape. VHS. VHS. Uh, That was my first memory. I collected the figures before I actually got the tape. So that was what got me into wrestling. And then after that, I've just been a lifelong fan. Yeah, I'd say uh, out of all of us, uh, especially me, you've been the, the sort of constant fan. I've been the constant and the only one of us that's actually gone to a WrestleMania. All right, yeah, no, so rub that in. WrestleMania 29, I was there. Thank you very much. And the night after. And the night after, which was a great roar. Yeah, that was the that was a Dolph Ziggler. Dolph cash Ziggler cashing, great. So it's fair to say you've spent you've invested a lot of your time and money into wrestling. Yes, I also own a belt. <laughs> We're looking at it right now, actually. Um, it's a great belt. It is a great belt. Um, we're not actually allowed to touch it, I don't think. So, <laughs> Aiden, hands off. Thank you. Sorry. So yeah, just a little bit about us, really. Um, oh, did we mention the rocks in? Well, um, well, we'll leave that for another time. Yeah, well, actually, I think it's, it's probably quite pertinent that we go into it. But Matt is probably the only human being in the world who has an intense dislike for the rock. Yeah, I hate him. Just. Bog standard eight. The guy. That's insane. How can you hate The Rock, the future president of the United States? I hate the president now, so might as well just add another douchebag to the. Uh... So we should probably go into this because uh, if the listeners are confused, which I imagine they will be, because I mean, how? Um, why? Why? Okay, so why Rocky die? <laughs> die, Rocky die, indeed. So early work, brilliant. Stone Cold stuff, brilliant. Then he left, went to Hollywood, came back, was still all right. I still, I still was there with him. Then he left again, and then we got the every once in a while we'd hear a, oh Rocky's coming back, Rocky's coming back. Oh, get excited, woo! Oh no, he's just coming back to promote something else, and then promote something else, and then we got was it. In the build-up to the first Cena match, we got the, I'm staying here forever. I'm staying here forever. This is my home. Next week on Raw. Oh, oh, I'm excited. Let's see what... Oh, no, no. He's not there. Oh, next week? No, not there. Yeah, for about a year, we didn't see him again. And then, as I was at WrestleMania 29, we heard... A rumour the day after the main event that he'd had a bust up with WWE because he was in a programme, or would have been in the programme, to fight Lesnar at the next WrestleMania and was supposed to lose that match. So stormed out and said he didn't want to do it. So I, so I somewhat blame him for Undertaker losing his streak. <laughs> I mean, that's a big claim. I mean, you're making a bit of a leap there. It's quite a stretch. <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch. But it works. <laughs> and it adds to my hatred. It's debatable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you are literally the only person I've ever met to dislike The Rock. The Rock is one of those one of those guys who just transcends the whole business in terms of wrestling. 
and then goes larger into Hollywood, into mainstream. Name a decent film he's done. Baywatch. I mean, <laughs> definitely not Baywatch. Um, if it's taken you that long to decide it, okay, he yeah. definitely hasn't I'm done anything. Point. But, I mean, I genuinely did quite like Baywatch. I think you're the only one. He's no Hasselhoff. But uh, just to that point, um, I don't care about The Rock for movies. Yeah, I don't watch him for movies. I watch him for what he reminds me of as a child um, and how good he was, looking back on it now, how good he was in his prime as a wrestler. Exactly, and I think, as you said, quite rightly said, the, uh, the early stuff, brilliant. I mean, the early, early stuff wasn't that brilliant. Uh, there was a reason people were chanting Die Rocky Die. Yeah, he was no good. Um, I mean, that's Blue Chipper right there. Yeah. <laughs> Great nickname, Blue Chipper. Um, yeah, the stuff with Stone Cold. Well, I mean, you could even go go earlier than that. The stuff with um, the first Nation. Stone Cold stuff, the Nation of Domination stuff was great. The stuff with Triple H in yeah. the great. And then working with those two guys again throughout the early, sort of late 90s, early 2000s, brilliant. Um, I will give it to you. After he left and come back, it wasn't the same. Although Hill Rock in 2003 was one of the best rocks. See, I didn't mind him coming back. But then he went again and then told us he was coming back yeah. and then never came back. This is, I guess it's something we're starting to see a little bit more of him. Um, or maybe we'll do. Um, John Cena is probably a good example of this now. I mean, as much as... And full disclosure, I love John Cena. Oh, I love John Cena. Speak, speaking of John Cena, has anyone heard the news this week that he has got the main male lead role in the next Transformers film. Yeah, I think it's a it's a Transformers spin-off. It's a spin-off yeah, based around Bumblebee. Yeah. But John Cena is the main lead. Well, there you is... go. So yeah, just more to adds more to that point. That but then he's not saying he's going to be there every week. And well, I, I think you'll find literally the other week he said he's what was his exact words? He's not a part timer. He's an all timer. He's literally a part timer too now. Well, he's a part timer. Well, not at the minute. He's been back for a yeah. Few he's weeks. always working for them though. Yeah, he is a million times way more promotion than The Rock did while he was off. Thank you. See, I'm still starting to persuade you. No, I I fully take your point, but I find it very difficult to hate The Rock. If I met The Rock, I would tell him why I hate him. If we ever get that interview, if we (laughs) ever get that interview, I'm doing it. Said, it is our first episode, um, as we're ironing out the, the kinks. Uh, but generally, how this is going to work, I reckon. Um, what we'll do is we'll run down the week's events. So we'll start with Raw, we'll go to SmackDown, and we'll, we'll discuss things in length, and we'll probably skip over some, some stuff that probably wasn't worth talking about. And let's face it, there's going to be a fair amount of that on Raw. Three hours long. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at the minute, we're kind of just winging it. Um, so after this one, this launches, um, let us know what you think. Could we change anything? Maybe you just loved it and we're great, but I probably doubt that. Um, no, you're gonna love it. So yeah, so let's get into raw. <laughs> Not a moment 
This week, Raw was in... Where was Raw this week? Pittsburgh! Yeah, how can I forget, actually? Pittsburgh, um, which is, incidentally, the hometown of Raw GM, Kurt Angle. And as is... (laughs) Matt's yawning in the background. um, As is always the case, Raw starts with a promo. Um, Angle comes out. Now, my notes here say that nothing really of note was said. Um, It was more of a... It was kind of just a warm-up for the crowd, wasn't it? Great. Great reaction for Angle and his return to his hometown, though. Yeah, it definitely just seemed, um, it seemed designed just for Kurt Angle to kind of get his catchphrases in in front of his hometown. I guess it was a nice little moment that he said it was the twenty-first anniversary of his uh, of his gold medal win at the Olympics. But yeah, now how did how did he win that gold medal? I believe he with had... a broken dick and neck is what he says every week. So I'm sensing the tone. Um, that Matt, you weren't impressed. No, Angle cannot cut a promo. Back in the day, was excellent at it. What, I don't know what it. What is it with Raw GMs? Can they not cut promos? So is this is this symptomatic then? Do we think that uh, Raw today is if you're using those who are so well were used to uh, unscripted promos back in the day, just doing what they what they like with you know guidelines? Do you think? Script, scripting them to such the extent that WWE do now is hampering it. It's got to be because Angle sounds like he's reading a script even when he does his broken brick neck and it's true, it's damn true. It just sounds... Seriously, so um, I mean, there is a certain amount to be said for the fact that they are catchphrases, so they do need to be said. Uh, but, you know, that's, I guess there's a time and place. And really, does a GM need a catchphrase? No. I guess not. I mean, I was I was kind of of the impression that... I didn't mind didn't mind this promo. I thought, actually, this was Angle's best promo since he came back. Um, and I think he's getting better. To yeah. be fair, he, he, he didn't have a great starting point. His promos so far have been pretty terrible. Um, some of the stuff he's done backstage, he seems more comfortable backstage than he does in front of, in the, front of the, the live audience. Uh, I don't know why, why that would be when, when you consider how good he used to be on the mic. Well, this is this is my point. I think we deserve, as fans, we deserve a better GM. I've got, I've got someone in mind, and I'm going to start it. Hashtag Corey for GM. Right. I see where you're coming from with that. Um... As someone I thought about actually when when we you know we had the whole storyline with with Angle and Corey um, sort of going back and forth with this personal issue which we now obviously know oh. uh, what's happened more on that later um, yeah I, I see where you're going with that I, I personally thought that maybe Corey was leveraging Angle in some way with the information he held over them blackmailing almost I think he probably can still do that later on mm. um, yeah um, yeah I, I would I would quite like to see Corey as GM he could do a good job my problem with Corey as GM is is he credible enough so at the GMs we have at the moment we've got Kurt Angle we've got Daniel Bryan previously we've had people like Mick Foley we've had quite uh, prominent and important uh, people in these kind of roles where someone like Corey Graves we've also had a laptop we have had yeah we've had multiple celebrities the illustrious laptop 
going um, back to the period of time another period of time we call the dark age yeah. I just think generally to the mainstream audience um, they don't know much about Corey Graves obviously they know more now than they did when he was first called up but I could see how it could work but that would be my concern is is he kind of a big enough star but then at the same time does the general manager need to be a star such a, like, does he need to be such a big star or character on the show I or think, should they just be an authority figure I think what works well is um the way WWE have had their GMs, um, if you think, as we said, who's been GM in the past and who is now, there is, and as much as we know that Daniel Bryan isn't cleared to compete, and we know that Kurt Angle is in really no condition to compete in WWE. He can't stand, he can't straighten his legs. He can't really he walk. He can't walk, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's sad to see, but we know that given the, the right medical clearance, Kurt Angle and Daniel Bryan could theoretically get involved physically in an angle on WWE TV and be a threat to a current superstar. If Corey Graves was GM, obviously we know he was a superstar in, in NXT. Um, obviously we know he's had his health, is- health issues and that's why he, he doesn't wrestle anymore. Um, but he's been out of the game so long in terms of actual physical competition. Would he be a credible GM? I don't. I don't know. Does the GM need to get involved? Well, I think it adds that element of drama. If, if and we've seen it, we see it recently. We've seen it. We've seen it at WrestleMania season with AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. Um, Shane, obviously a part-time in-ring competitor, but we know that where, if push comes to shove, Shane can hold his own. Um, I feel like that adds an element of drama to a heel uh, versus face GM uh, story. And also, you saw how much intrigue there was in, the, in just the potential of um, Miz versus Daniel Bryan. Not only because it would be Daniel Bryan's return match, but it was there was such um, not necessarily legitimate because it's all a work, but there was such heat between the two that it could it could come across as a real angle. Yeah, well, I mean, you say. Um, it was all work, but I think there was certainly an element of truth to that that storyline. Yeah. Uh, if you compare Daniel Bryan's sort of lifestyle and wrestling style to that of the Miz, I think you can see why there might be legitimate beef between the two. R.I.P. Talking Smack. Yeah. Um, again, we'll probably come on to this later. Um, um, terrible, terrible decision. Yeah, bad decision. Um, but as we say, we'll get on to that. Um, so kind of getting back on to, to where we were going... Um, we went off track. We did go off track, um, and that's probably something that's going to happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, you just have to to bear with us. Um, Lesnar and Heyman. Um, now, this was unexpected. Always yeah. nice to see um, something unexpected on Raw. Not a lot of that happens these days. But um, Lesnar comes out. Good crowd reaction again. Crowd were pumped. Probably I, helped by Angle's promo. I thought. Paul Heyman showed Angle how to do how to cut a promo. Well, so Paul, it's well documented. Paul Heyman is the master at promos. Now you like this promo, mate. I did like the promo. Yeah. See, I'm I'm of a slightly different opinion. I didn't like it. And I don't think there's anything that Paul. I didn't think he messed it up or anything like that. I just didn't really like the message he was conveying. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, I thought it was a bit too heel-like. And now we know that Lesnar kind of doesn't fit in with the faces and the heels. He's kind of just does what he does, and that's he's brought Lesnar so he can do that. Um, but in recent months, 
likes of Samoa Joe rivalry, for instance, he's been the face um, in that rivalry. And for Heyman to come out and say that um, they might as well rename the SummerSlam match to Brock Lesnar loses the Universal title uh, and to have such a lack of confidence in his competitor seems strange. And for Brock to literally just stand there and take that that comment, I thought was also a bit a bit weird. Um, obviously, he went on to to say how Brock will retain and and on all of this stuff. And he was he also threw in the, the sort of bombshell that if Lesnar loses the title, he will he'll leave WWE. Um, but does yeah. that does that go with obviously us as wrestling fans know he got called out at a UFC event? Right. Yeah. We will that? Granted, I'm not the hugest UFC fan, so I don't know a lot about Bones Jones. Um, but what, from what I have heard, um, he's a great athlete. He's legitimate. He is a legit threat to, to, to Brock Lesnar. And, he, and we saw on Twitter that he, he called him out. Uh, and Lesnar replied, what you, I think he said, be careful yeah, what you wish, wish for. for. It wasn't on Twitter. He did it live. He did it live. He? he did it live. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, obviously that takes some balls. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't say stuff like that to Lesnar. And... And you don't say stuff like that to Lesnar knowing, without knowing that you're going to get some sort of payoff from that. Bones Joes will be in for it, into it for himself. He's going to get a massive payoff uh, from that, as Lesnar will if he goes back. Now, what are we hearing? Do we think he's going back? Oh, I, I can't see Lesnar not accepting that challenge. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think he's got to go back. And what does that mean for his WWE run? Do we... And again, we'll come on to this later, but he's the Universal Champion right now. Um, he can't do both. No, he'll drop it at SummerSlam, without a doubt. He, yeah, he'll need some extended time off, I think, to get ready. No, well, these, these two guys, I believe, are in different weight classes as well, like quite considerably. I think there's even like 40 pounds difference between them. Yeah. Um, so someone's going to probably have to bulk up or cut down. So I think there will need to be a, quite an intense training period for Lesnar which will probably have to be off TV for quite some time which obviously we're used to but as a champion you need to be there and doesn't he need six months of being drug free <laughs> which is apparently a difficulty for him <laughs> allegedly <laughs> allegedly we should say um, definitely allegedly yeah. don't want WWE yeah. can I just say one thing I did like about um, them coming out was they came out to do Brock's music rather than Heyman's whole ladies and gentlemen thing, which usually I like because it gets a good reaction. But I think in this instance, having the music come out, having them not so confident, whereas usually Heyman comes out like ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 does his whole putting over Brock thing, reigning, defending, whatever. Um, so I like that element. In 21. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just thought that um, it came across a little bit whiny. Um, it did seem a bit cowardly here, as in like conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. Doing this the commentator said it a and... lot as well that Lesnar didn't have to be involved in the in the result. In the finish. In the finish for the result to, to for lose, him to yeah. lose the title. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did. Again, this was a common theme throughout the night. They did make this point a lot. Um, a lot. And maybe we can read some something into that, but um, we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, so yeah, the announcement was made that Brock, Brock will leave the WWE if he loses the title. Definitely didn't see that coming. Well, I mean, I didn't see it coming at the time, but now thinking about it with the with the UFC link, 
Um, it seems plausible. I didn't think they put it in as a as a as, as a sip. A, yeah, it seems plausible, but I think it's also quite smart of them to do it. I think it's so. Yeah, my notes here say that um, is is Brock Lesnar really going to 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 leave? In inverted commas, obviously we expect he would be back at some point anyway. Uh, or is it just WWE trying to plant the seed of doubt, uh, real jeopardy in this match that they might actually be a new champion and then Brock Lesnar retains and it's and a big shock. That's something that they've been doing since Goldberg's return. Up to the couple, like two or three years before then. It Do was really all... need to go into Goldberg's return? <laughs> Up until then it was all... Um, Brock Lesnar's so dominant, no one can touch him. And then as soon as Goldberg comes along, and pretty much every match, match subsequently, there's been, is Brock Lesnar going to win? Even well, I mean, he hasn't wrestled that many. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's put that out there. He's not the the most active worker in the company. But it wasn't like he's going to walk the Royal Rumble and then at WrestleMania it was oh either guy could win. And even against Samoa Joe, he was at least in the build up anyway, underdog, which is something we haven't seen and there's no and I don't know about you guys but that's something that's a that's a Brock Lesnar I'm much more interested in seeing yeah I've seen enough of him being the untouchable sort of the beast so to speak who uh dominates Destroys people. everyone I didn't like the Goldberg um angle or what the matches really I didn't I didn't like them and what the 30 seconds and the one at Wrestlemania which uh, was probably about three minutes long it was better don't get me wrong um but at the same time, it was good to see a sort of a, a chink in his armour, so to speak. What I did like is um, Brock Lesnar, I don't know if this is true or not, but since he's kind of added these elements, or they've added these elements to his character in the last eight, nine months or so, he just seems more engaged and into it. Yeah, that's definitely um, something. I don't know if he is, or if he's just portraying that. It could it just be the fact that he's he's got the title and he's just happy he's got the title and he's kind of swaggering a bit yeah, I don't think Brock's the type to be swayed by actual titles I think money is probably a bigger yeah, factor yeah money is his motivation not, not titles uh, and, and a part time schedule let's give him that I mean he's I guess he's earned some is the time he gets to spend away um, and that's his prerogative that's WWE's prerogative only problem I've got with him leaving is Heyman goes with which and Heyman did make a point of that um, yeah. which would, would seem to be a shame which almost got a bigger, like, almost got a bigger crowd reaction than him saying Brock's going to leave. He said Brock's going to leave, and then there was a bit of awe, and he said, "And I'm going with him." And then yeah. the crowd noise went up. Well, it would be and that a, would be a massive. It shame. would be a massive loss, I think, for for for, for Raw, particularly. Yeah. Just for, for the whole, um, just for the whole WWE, really, because he's he's such an interesting character who could be used anywhere, and I feel that when he's there, he definitely has a say in particular segments that involve himself or Brock Lesnar because whenever he's there involved in something it always feels a bit more real and organic and that's from definitely yeah. doesn't seem like he's reading the script does it no and this is one thing I wanted to raise um, emphasis on the word ultimate he said you want to make Brock pay the ultimate sacrifice reference to UFC do we think yeah yeah, I think it, it must be can't be a coincidence right they're obviously referencing real life things here because he's saying to Kurt Angle that you've, you've got a board of directors to answer to you have to take the title off Brock Lesnar and you would question why and you'd have to imagine it would be because he's got other commitments now and that that, that sort of um, 
that sort of side of realism uh, is nice to see. We don't see too much of it. Um, they started to bring it in especially. a little bit more. Yeah, closer to the bone, perhaps. They call it any. the reality era these days, don't they? So they do. Um, and yeah, so it was good to see. Um, we should probably uh, not dwell on that too much. A very small part of Raw, actually. Yeah, the opening was was massive. Twelve just minutes quick, long. In case just a quick point, though. SummerSlam. Who are we going with? Obviously, we've got the Fatal 4-Way for the Universal title. We know who it's going to be. It's going to be Roman Reigns. Matt's going with Roman now, again, since the tone. Um, it's going to be Roman Reigns. They're going to put it on Reigns again. So, yeah, so you're uh, you're going with the, the wider picture, Reigns being the face of, of Raw and, and the WWE for, for the foreseeable. Yeah, I can't see him going anywhere else. It's just it's the easy option, isn't it, Reigns? You know, it's a tough one because if he is doing this fight, Lesnar, if he is doing this UFC fight, um, even though it's all sports entertainment, it's a work, predetermined, can you have him lose the title? Does that make him look less legitimate when facing Bones Jones? Um, I, I, I don't think that's of concern. But at the WWE. same time, it would also be a risk to let him keep the title and then have him lose in the UFC, and then what does that do to him when he comes back? Or I can't see him going general? there with the title. No. Um, I think it is likely that SummerSlam sees the end of his reign, but you never know. Personally, I think probably Roman is the way they're going to go, um, and I imagine that will go down like a lead balloon. Uh, in, it definitely will with me. In Brooklyn. Um, oh, the crowd are going to love it. Is there a case that they'll give it to Strowman? You know what? Too I'm soon. Gonna, too soon. I think it's too soon for Strowman. Um, he's probably the least interesting as champion for me, as like in terms of where he can go from there. Personally, I'm going to stick my neck out on the line and say Samoa Joe. Now, it's interesting, Joe. I think because then with Samoa Joe, there's a plethora of faces there uh, is. that he can run up against. And Joe's going to be there every week. Um, and Joe is a legitimate. Badass. Badass. Um, yeah, he could, he could realistically take the title off Brock. He's come closest since probably Reigns at WrestleMania 31. Yeah, and it remains to be seen whether uh, whether Joe could, you know, make a legitimate face of the company. But you know, I'd be interested to see it. I mean, we've seen Reigns. We've oh, we've seen a lot of Reigns. Been pushing our faces a lot. So moving on from from that sort of from the first segment of Raw, then um, first bit of action: the Hardy Boys versus Gallows and Anderson. Firstly, nice to see Gallows and Anderson get a little bit of a run on Raw. Um, they lost, <laughs> which is <laughs> there's nothing nothing new. Although they did they did beat the Hardys a couple of weeks ago. Um, decent match, I thought, for my well, decent TV match. Um, where do we where do we think we're heading with this? Now, obviously, a lot of rumours about. Uh, the broken gimmick, the broken. They broken came out gimmick. to delete, delete, delete. I think that. I mean, they do every week, but. Well, Matt Hardy's tweeted it. Um, after Raw, there was a video of them two backstage, um, having an interview, um, with the interviewer asking them have these two teams like awoken something in them. Yeah, and this was something that the commentators made a big point of. Yeah. Uh, Michael Cole, particularly, saying that the, the actions of. The revival and Gallows and Anderson have awoken something in the Hardys. Um, Hardy, that's where we're going, isn't it? I thought it was very interesting that the revival said that they were the number one contenders. 
Well, I mean, I think that was there like isn't an official number one. Just them saying we've beaten these, we've beaten these. Yeah. Therefore, who else would be the number one contenders? It's a log- It's a logical argument. Um, I always feel as heels. Your arguments probably shouldn't make sense. Yeah, you shouldn't <laughs> be telling the truth. That's the you face. literally can't argue with them. That's a face argument, and that you've beat this person, you beat that person, you deserve a shot. Um, but they've got one of the best themes to come out to. I do love their theme. <laughs> so yeah. So it's what yeah one of the uh, the newer themes in, in WWE, which is actually quite good, and yes, we'll come on to too. some pretty <laughs> terrible ones later. Um, the less said about that, the better, yeah. probably. Um, so yeah, where do we think we're going with this? Um, Triple threat tag team match maybe at SummerSlam? I guess, kind of based on what we've seen later in the night with the actual tag champions, um, they've had no involvement in this storyline whatsoever since yeah. they were in Sheamus. So whether it will be at SummerSlam or whether it will be in the weeks building up to SummerSlam. Some I think it will of, be SummerSlam, maybe kickoff. Yeah, potentially some kind of freeway. That would be quite disappointing as a, as a kickoff match because I think it it could have the potential to steal the show like. With the talent any, involved, yeah. Yeah, if you've ever watched any revival matches in NXT, obviously the Hardys are great workers. Gallows and Anderson in Japan are obviously shown more of, than what they have in WWE. Speaking yeah. of Anderson, by the way, I just have a point in this match that I've, I've never really noticed this until this match, but Anderson is a really good seller. Oh, Anderson's great. Um, He's very like crisp in the ring, but his selling um, and just in general his work is it's actually very good, and I've never really paid too much attention to it before. No, I think... Um, I think you're right. I think as, like as the smaller, given more time. the smaller member of, of the team, he probably does most of the selling. Yes. So maybe you notice it a little bit more. Um, but no, Anderson, Anderson's great. I think Anderson and Gallows as a team are, if you see any of their Japan stuff, it, they look great. But they've just been booked wrong. Yeah, they're one of the teams, and I guess luckily they've got three teams in this potential scenario here, that three teams that just get tag team wrestling. Yeah, it's something thing. that kind of died a death in, in the last decade or yeah, so. Yeah, it's definitely has on really a, come back. It's, yeah, it's in a resurgence right now because you've got teams like you've got these three teams. You've got a new team of Cesaro and Sheamus who also Ooh. they they seem to just get it. I think they've gelled so quickly. Um, but then over, even over on SmackDown, you've got New Day and Usos, two of the best teams that have been around for the last ten years, as JBL will tell you. Two great teams. Um, so. End of the match. Uh, Revival obviously were in commentary. Um, bit of a brawl up by the announcer's desk. Um, poetry in motion off the stage. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen that before. Not uh, off the stage. No, it looked pretty impressive. Yeah, um, it And obviously the commentators going going in on the uh, ha- having awoken something in a Hardy. So that's where we're going, isn't it? Broken yeah. Hardys. And, you know, is that something we want to see? I mean, that's why we wanted them back, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm very worried. I'm cautious about how it could go. I'm, I'm in. I'm not sure the shelf life on it in WWE anyway. Yeah, I think. I think we've already we've seen so much of it from before they came back to WWE that what can they do? Um, in that other promotion that we 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 don't mention. We will not mention. <laughs> but we know, but we won't. In the zone of impact. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what we'll call it—the zone of impact. Um, so yeah, um, I don't think many people were expecting on their return for them to be Team Extreme. It's definitely yeah. lasted longer as Team Extreme as I think people thought it would. Yeah, and it, there has been an ongoing legal But it hasn't battle. gone stale yet. 
them being team extreme are still no. it doesn't feel like I think these it's, two old it's guys it's been so long since they've gone a lot of the newer fans are getting oh the Harley Boys team extreme yeah you can see that by when they cut to the crowd and stuff there are a lot of young kids in there who are wearing like Hardy's yeah. merchandise so obviously still getting over with them which would be great but then what happens to these kids when Matt Hardy starts shouting out delightful and telling people that he's going to delete them? Yeah, I mean, um, I think you're right with the, with the gimmick. The shelf life probably went as far as it could um, where it they would, were before. It would only be done to satisfy the kind of hardcore internet fans. Yeah, and I mean... And people like us. And is that worth... I, I think it's a case, maybe be careful what you wish for, because I don't think the broken gimmick translates well to a global WWE audience yeah I think it would just end up overproduced I think it's got um, too many too many plot holes yeah and I mean obviously WWE is a world of its own it's it's crazy sometimes um, but how do you really explain and the broken gimmick to to a casual fan and this is what I always go back to if I'm watching wrestling um, and other people are around and they're not wrestling fans do I, what I feel uncomfortable with is watching something to which I look at and go, oh, I don't want them to see this because it'll make that it'll just legitimise their argument that wrestling rubbish, gold dust, for instance. Our truth. Yeah, uh, and the wacky stuff. Uh, I appreciate they have a, a, a child child friendly sort of programming ethic these days, and I appreciate that's where they're aiming their efforts at, um, and I appreciate that maybe a lot of this stuff isn't aimed at people like us of our age or our age not group. anymore um, but the broken gimmick really I think we push it I think it ran its course but then where do you go with the Hardys otherwise so I, I, it's, it swings and roundabouts it will happen uh, and I'll probably end up liking it but yeah. Um, yeah, we'll probably Matt be on Matt the Hardy, in the next in, couple of weeks saying yeah. oh we love it yeah. in, in the tweet that I mentioned at the start Matt Hardy literally used the words broken is coming so I very highly doubt he would say that if they hadn't reached some kind of agreement or they have a plan so yeah we'll just have as long as it's executed and introduced well them just suddenly saying that these teams have awoken something isn't good enough for me I want to no. see something substantial happen which and will that be some plan parties potentially yeah I could see how that could potentially happen but not on the kickoff roar after Possibly, maybe. It's usually a big thing after one of the a big four events. Big four events, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. But certainly, Hardys versus Gallus and Anderson, uh, decent, decent match. Oh, decent match, yeah. And hopefully, we see some more from these three teams um, because we know what the revival can do and we know what the other two teams can do. So hopefully, we'll see some some good stuff. Can I just say, by the way, sorry to interrupt. Booker T, at the end of this match. There's probably been one of many times we mentioned Booker T's wacky <laughs> commentary. But he, he was going on about how the Hardys still have it and they've still got lots in the tank. And then he just started saying, 2017, 2017, 2018, 2020, the Hardys are still got it for a long time, man. And it's just like, God, what are you doing? Yeah, I think um, when the... Uh, the, the superstar shake-up happened and I think that was when they switched commentators from Raw and SmackDown. It was Didn't they do it a few weeks after? I think maybe. Uh, or was it David no, they, Otunga they was meant to be... On the, on the episodes 
Um, after the switch up, the commentators had changed, so they announced it during the week. Yeah, I think it was online they announced it. Uh, but it was meant to be uh, David Otunga, right? Yeah, yeah it was. Um, who swiftly went off to film a movie and hasn't been seen since. And Booker T was filling in well, for, for a few, few weeks. weeks. It's been the same for six Two weeks. months. Three months, isn't it? David Otunga's been back. He's been on the kickoff shows and stuff. So yeah. I, think they've, I think they've just given up. And to be honest, David Otunga, much better fit a, a role like that. Yeah. Um, the pre-shows, the post-shows, whatever. And I... Although he can he can be very odd and he does the things very weird, I do quite like Booker T on commentary. He adds like legitimacy to it. He can tell you how things feel. He can tell you how a wrestler feels and what's going through their mind. So um, I think it's it's better having him on there. But he does need to improve a lot. He's very, he's a very strange man. Is Booker T? He's a very strange man. It's true. Shucky ducky quack quack. <laughs> <laughs> what? One day I'll find out what that means. <laughs> I don't think any day we'll find out what that means. Well, on that on that bombshell, um, moving on. Um, Renee Young. Speaking of shucky ducky quack quack. <laughs> <laughs> the, Indeed. Uh, yeah, Renee Young um, on Raw. Uh, we we know now that she will be working both Raw and SmackDown. Which I'm so happy about. And we get to see more Renee, which is always good because not only you know she's she's great to look at. She's she's very nice and she does a great job. So, um, yeah. I think she's good at what she does. She's one of the rare, um, the rare backstage personalities or interviewers and such who actually gets to show her personality. Yeah, and and this certainly was something that um, actually seems to care about it. Yeah, yeah. She's not think... just generic answer asking questions. Yes, yeah. getting an answer. Run away when backstage fire. No. So in this segment, obviously she's interviewing her her now husband, now um, husband Dean Ambrose. Um, which is, you know, a story in in itself. WWE reportedly weren't too keen on them two working together. Um, they seem to have maybe cooled on that, which is great. This um, was apparently the reason why they moved Dean over to Raw. Rumours, um, but it would make sense. Um, so, yeah, Renee interviewing Dean. Not really much was said before Seth, Seth Rollins comes along. Um, obviously, the week before, they had that, that tag team win. A handicap match actually over the uh, the Miz and the Miztourage, which I thought was a good, a really great showing from the two of them. Um, a lot was made about a partial Shield reunion, and obviously Dean at the end of the match wasn't having any of it, and in the promo wasn't having any of it still. Um, no trust. Yeah, trust was a was a big thing. Uh, I can I quite I quite like this 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 angle at the moment. It's something it's... different. Uh, something that they because too often in WWE they just move on from stuff and forget the things ever happened. They I think tend it's quite to try good. And wipe history. Yeah, I think it's quite good when they hark back to stuff that has happened. And Dean Ambrose has a legitimate cause to be concerned about Seth Rollins. Yeah, I think they've gone about this story the right way so far. In um, obviously Seth um, coming off his win against Triple H at WrestleMania, um, still. Not a hundred percent on his face character. Yeah, still doesn't seem quite himself. So him going the whole kind of seeking forgiveness kind of route, like I think it's quite a good thing. Apologizing to the crowd originally, saying how he lost himself and all that stuff. But then that promo with Dean the other week, where he literally apo- he apologized to Dean to his face for the first time, obviously a big moment. 
Um, and I like the whole uneasiness. I think Dean's played it really well so far, especially after the match last week. They hugged each other and then he kind of pushed him off. And they were, it was a bit like, ooh, what sure. I think this is good for Dean as well. He's been a bit stale. Well, we, this, we, we're this seeing is, a lot less of the, the wacky Dean Ambrose Yeah, character. this is the most serious we've seen Dean probably since he won the title, like the world title last year. And I think he he's just acting it and playing it very well. He's not just he's not blowing off Seth. He's not saying like I want nothing to do with you. He even said in this promo in the promo this week saying even a part of me wants it. Yeah. Um but yeah, like you said, he's got a legitimate reason to be cautious and Seth is just what I'm not too keen on is Seth being like, oh yeah, it feels great, we should get back together, all that kind of stuff. It feels a bit like Seth shouldn't necessarily want to get back. Like, he might want to be friends with Dean yeah. again, because obviously they used to be brothers and all that kind of friendship. Um, but I would much rather him be like, look, I want them to have the kind of relationship that um, Dean and Roman have. Or Seth and Roman. Yeah, yeah well, they've, they've rekindled. So something like that, where it's like, we're not a team... But I've always got your back. Yeah. And they could then conceivably team at any time. Yeah. Um, so, straight after this, um, Seth runs into Sheamus and Cesaro, who we actually haven't seen a lot of in recent weeks. Not sure why that is, or, or whether there's been an injury, or, or Sheamus has been off filming a, a movie again. Um, but, so yeah, Seth runs into to them too. Um, Cesaro claims that Dean was Seth, Seth's last chance at success. Uh, which I thought was a, an interesting point, uh, and how Seth actually needs Dean, um, and how, how isolated Seth is seems to be the main point uh, coming across from this altercation. Cesaro even said that Seth couldn't be in an episode of Ride Along because he doesn't have anybody to be in it with, which I, I thought was strange. The word. I thought it was strange considering Cesaro and Seth literally filmed a, an episode of Ride Along together not long ago. Um, Cesaro is claiming that he could call it Ride Alone, which I thought was quite good. Yeah, that was a Ride Alone. <laughs> gave me a little bit of a chuckle. Um, but the match was made, not Cesaro, but actually Sheamus steps up this time. Yes, um, Which was, I was expecting Cesaro, so it was a bit of a, a change, but I wasn't I wasn't too too sad to see Sheamus step up. Um, and yeah, it was a match that we've not seen before, so um, I was quite excited to see it. Um, it didn't happen straight away, in between times. <laughs> no, we went to a break and then we came back. We came back and uh, there was how many competitors in the ring? Five? Five. Five cruiserweights in the ring already, no entrances. Mm. On a three-hour show, they couldn't find time to, to let these cruiserweights get their own entrances on TV. It kind of sums up WWE's attitude towards the division. Yeah, cruiserweights aren't getting a push. They're not getting a push. And I think this match showed that there's certainly a lot of talent there. These six guys actually put on a really good show, um, and it was a, one of the better matches of the night. Uh, and I mean, it was a good match, but then you looked at the crowd, and it's just a toilet break match. Yeah. It, this used this used to be the women's division. Yeah. And now it's turned to the cruiserweights. This is a shame, especially if you consider the talent that was in this match. I mean, uh, Cedric Alexander. We haven't seen much of him really since he came to WWE, which is a shame, considering yeah, yeah, the clamour right. that there was to, to sign him up after the, the, the Cruiserweight uh, Classic. Um, Rich Swan, who, who had a reign with the title, a bit short-lived, hasn't he really done much. He disappeared since he lost the title. But he was back, and he looked really great. Uh, and Tazawa, um, who I must say I wasn't sold on before, 
too much um, going into his feud with Neville. Um, I'm actually warming to the guy, but I think him being in the, the tightest brand or the tightest worldwide. Worldwide! <laughs> I think that helps, uh, having tightest there as that sort of a mouthpiece. Um, so yeah, what did you guys think, think of the match? Well, the match itself, like you said, was entertaining. Um, I've got here that I want to see more of Cedric Alexander, Rich Swan again, because he's been away kind of off TV for so long that he feels fresh. Um, and also Tony Nese. I've been wanting to see more of Tony Nese ever since the whole Cruiserweight division started. I feel like they could do something with him. I just don't know if in terms of kind of appearance and body shape and style in the ring, is he too similar to Neville? Yeah. It seems like they do only ever want to kind of push two cruiserweights at a time. The champion and then the challenger. So but at the start... Push, they put them on kickoff show. <laughs> yes, well, because at, at, at the start we had just TJP and Brian Kendrick, then Kendrick and Swan, Swan and Neville, and then Neville versus everyone since, but there hasn't been two programs running side by side unless you're watching 205 Live, which, as gets reported all the time, the numbers on that aren't great. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of underutilised cruiserweights, TJP, uh, who's now been uh, demoted to just initials, um, <laughs> just initials. Uh, he took the pin uh, from Tozawa. Um, Didn't very that was only That was the only thing he did in the match? Yeah, yeah. His, his only involvement in the match um, was to take the pin <laughs> from Tozawa. Yeah, he, uh, he ran in... This is the guy who won the Cruiserweight Classic, right? Yeah, he run, won the Cruiserweight Classic um, and instantly became one of those characters where they're too goody-goody, yeah. too nice guy, and it just straight away turned fans off. Yeah, immediately, his first two weeks on, on in the WWE, the fans had already turned on him. Um, and as champion, that that just could not help the division at all. No. Um, that being his, said... His heel turn was overdue, but good. Exactly, that's what I was going to make this point. His heel turn actually rekindled a lot of interest in him. But then where did that where did that lead? Yeah, it leads to about a three-week friendship with Neville, <laughs> where he was basically Neville's like apprentice. Um, and then we haven't seen anything of the two since together. And I, bl- I think they had a match, didn't they? Or Neville attacked him before a match or something. Yeah, Neville attacked him. And they probably had a match on 205 Live. I don't know, so I don't watch it. Um, I don't think anybody does. Yeah, the numbers aren't great. And yeah, he's literally disappeared. Um, which and is a shame, because he's... If, like generally, like I did watch his match with Rich Swan on Two Hundred Five Live a couple of weeks ago, and it was brilliant. One of the best matches I've seen all year. Yeah, and I think it's it's a it's been a case with the cruiserweights that the actual in ring work cannot be denied. It is great. Um, Just don't make them like everyone else. I think the segregation from the rest of the roster doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. don't need their own. They feel like sideshow. The ropes have gone great. Um, but they yeah, have their own graphics and, and everything like that. It just feels too separate. Um, but why can't that. they fight anyone else? Yeah, I would love to see, just, or or bring more people into it. Bring someone like Kalisto or yeah, Enzo. Yeah, I mean, do you think about um, Neville, for instance, who's a champion who's been doing great stuff since he won the title, but a year ago, or maybe a little bit longer, he was on the main roster wrestling with all the other heavyweights. Now he's a cruiserweight and he's not, he's allowed. not allowed to wrestle a heavyweight. It seems strange. Um, I just feel a little bit more integration. Um, even if it's just backstage, even if it's just seeing a couple of them get annihilated by someone like Braun Strowman, uh, not in a match, but, you know, if Braun's in a, a 
rage. The yeah. bad mood. Uh, you know, we used to see it with Kane. He'd just come down and kill whoever's in the ring. Yeah, the, the Hardys uh, with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, got great heat for Lesnar because Hardys were legitimate faces who the crowd loved at the time. And Lesnar destroyed them both. <laughs> and and it, it did great things for him. Um, and it didn't didn't harm the Hardys either. Uh, and I don't think it would harm the Cruiserweights if they were a little bit more involved with the roster. But that being said, um, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, no, we've had tiny to. bits here and there. We had um, Rich Swan with Sasha Banks. Yeah. We've had um, Tazawa and, and Titus O'Neil lately. Um, yeah, but it's just not enough. Not enough. Um, one point I did have want to make, Akira Tazawa, he, I've noticed he sells like nobody else on the roster. Uh, and I'm I'm not 100, 100% convinced it's a good thing. I'm still undecided. He oversells, am I right? He's yeah, definitely oversells. The, sh- the shoulder injury has been been going on for a few weeks now, um, which is great. Realistic that he's he's hurt his shoulder. Any move that is, gets done on his shoulder, it's gonna hurt. Um, but he does scream a lot, and his conversations with Titus during the matches really loud. Uh, I feel it's a little bit too much sometimes. If I guess it's just a different style of selling that we don't we haven't seen. It's not how you would react if you'd legitimately hurt your shoulder in a fight. No, not in a fight. Maybe if you stepped on a plug, you'd scream that much, <laughs> or some Lego. Um, but yeah, not not in an actual fight. Um, so yeah, the cruiserweights, decent match, but needs to be set for. Needs to see more of them for it to be legitimately good. Yeah. Um, Moving on then from Raw, uh, from the Cruiserweights, sorry, um, Miz TV, which uh, I often look, uh, well, I don't look forward to this segment usually, and there's nothing against the Miz or Maurice or the Miztourage, because I think they're all actually, Love the they've all been really good, um, but it's generally to do with the guests, and this week it was Jason Jordan, who we know Ooh, is, is Kurt Angle's son. Incidentally, uh, Jason Jordan uh, has been living this gimmick. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was just for the photo. Probably was. Uh, posted a picture of, of him and Kurt Angle and Kurt's kids and his wife. Family time. Family time. Um, you know, props to him for living the gimmick. But we all know it's not true, mate. So you don't need to do that. Anyway, moving on. Um, Miz introduces Jason Jordan. Um Literally no reaction from no the crowd. No pop. No pop whatsoever. Um, Are we already sick of this storyline? <laughs> I don't know if we're sick of the storyline. Well, I just think Jason Jordan hasn't done enough yet to garner a reaction from the crowd. I mean, stuff with American Alpha is great. But you take, you break that tag team up and he's on his own. He hasn't done anything on his own yet. He had a great showing last week. He looked really aggressive. Um, but he hasn't done anything of note. And the crowd reacted accordingly, I think. Um, one side note on that. Terrible, terrible new music. Yeah, it's not, it's not it's, the best. It's awful. It's, it's just really bad. And it's a common theme throughout the recent months. Um, the likes of Kalisto. They're not going through a good music phase. <laughs> no. Unfortunately, yeah, because they, they had gone through a pretty good phase, I think, in the last kind of year or two. Um, but, it, it, yeah... This music is definitely not great. Very eight bit. Yeah. Um. Now Miz, we know Miz is great on the mic, um, and he's actually improved massively in the ring as well. Um. But just an expert 
flask and how to get heat from a crab. Cheap oh, yeah, cheap But excellent heel work. Uh, he literally started his promo by saying he can't tell how much he hates this town, which is just so simple, but it's so great. And they were literally his opening words. Yeah. He, he went to speak, they booed, so he just said, but you know what? Screw you lot. I hate you lot. And then they booed even more. The thing I liked, he said to Jordan, you've got to earn this, not be handed it. And I think, again, we come back to the point of heels having a legitimate point. Um, And might explain why the crowd aren't behind Jason Jordan. He looks like he might be thrust into a feud now with The Miz. Um, Well, he turned down the IC title. didn't he? Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of expect to see him feud with the Miztourage over the next couple of weeks, leading up to a, maybe a fight, a match with Miz at SummerSlam. Um, is that too soon? Way too soon, especially the titles on the line. Yeah. Because I think you know, in a lot of that, well, it's a sit-down interview, isn't it? Really, he looked out of depth. I thought he did. He did look, because you've got Jason Jordan, who obviously has another lot of experience on. Uh, promos and that kind of stuff and you're also putting him although he might be there to guide him you're also putting him against the Miz because they're sitting next to each other they're talking to each other therefore you're going to make a comparison from one to the other and Miz is possibly the best talker in the company Jason Jordan is nowhere near that level so it just looks you know the emphasis is on that difference there it just seemed like um, at the start of his promo everything was right okay I need to say that I need to say this, Miz is going to say this, so I need to say this. Yeah. It did, I did like when he did get a bit more intense towards the end, um, saying you can, you can say what you want about my father, I know you can say you can say what you want about me, but don't say anything about my father. Um, I like the kind of delivery of it, I didn't necessarily like the fact that he's only known Kurt like two weeks. <laughs> So they've got that bond already. They spent family time together. Family time. <laughs> so him Come saying, on, family time. say anything you want about me, but don't you dare say anything about this person I've known for two weeks. It just seems a bit over the top. You're probably not called dad for 20 odd <laughs> years of your life. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a far-fetched angle that it could either pay off massively with something, say, like a heel turn down the line on Kurt. Um, or it could just die a slow death, and they'll swipe it under the uh, wipe it under the rug. Hornswoggle being Vince's stuff. <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah, that went well. <laughs> yeah. That's one that's lasted. <laughs> so believable. Um, so Jason Jordan, Kurt Angle storyline. We're not too keen. Not too keen on Jason Jordan versus Miss for SummerSlam either. No, I don't mm. want. I don't want to see it. It's too early. No. Too early. I personally am not massively against it. Um, as long as the kind of angle over the next coming weeks is Kurt saying, look, I'm not giving you this, you have to earn it. So you probably have like handicap matches against Kurt's Axel and Bo Dallas, something like that. So I'm not, I'm not 100% against it. It's just he needs to find some kind of groove, which he hasn't had a chance to at the moment. I want to bring up a topic, not for now, but maybe for next week and the weeks after. Are the titles being... Harmed by storylines like this. Yeah, with the, yeah, that point. would be the over, that would be the story which is overhanging the title match itself. Yeah. So yeah, there's potential for that. Whatever happened to just a good old? I want the you title. Wanna, you want to win a title. Someone has the title, so you you fight them. A oh, number one contender. I want to be the best. Yeah. You've got the title, therefore, if I get the title, I'm the best. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we'll get on to that in the next couple of weeks. Um, so moving on from that then, um, Seth versus Sheamus, we mentioned it earlier in the night, uh, a match we've not seen before. I actually thought it was quite good. Um, anything with Seth Rollins in is going to be going to be great. Um, anything with Sheamus in, to be fair. I've, Sheamus over the last, he's improved since he went away and did that film and come back. Yeah, yeah over the last year or so, if not longer, um, his work is just just massively improved not saying it was horrible before um, but his matches and his programs have just been a lot more exciting maybe there's a call for that was Cesaro that's brought it out of him yeah in, in the early days of Cesaro and Sheamus it was like wow look at all these things Cesaro's doing and Sheamus comes and kicks someone in the face um, bro but now yeah it's, it's very balanced and they're a very good team yeah and um, the match itself was good very neat finish with a roll up um, Rollins gets the win I think we all kind of expected. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, fully expected the beatdown that yeah, follows. Yeah, expected the beatdown. Uh, but it still looks still looked good. In recent weeks, we've seen really tame beatdowns. Uh, this I'm looks... thinking of Gold it... Dust on R-Truth. I'm thinking Ugh. of Big Cass on Big Show. Yeah. Uh, everything just looked really tame. But this one actually looked a bit more brutal. Which um, isn't surprising, seeing the two guys doing it. Yeah. Sorry and Sheamus, they yeah, are. Really sort of laying it in. Most physical guys, as you can um, just tell through the TV. proud... We want Ambrose. Yeah, I mean, it was actually surprising to hear. Usually Ambrose's supporters are of a younger variety and more female. Um, not for me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we want Ambrose was to chant. I think that's probably what WWE really wanted. Um, yeah, that's what that's they wanted what out of it. Ambrose needs. Yeah, I think this whole segment went as well as it could have possibly gone. So Ambrose makes a save eventually. But eventually, very... I, think they, I think they timed it Perfectly. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, so I liked that um, he didn't come out the first time. It would have seemed a bit contrived if yeah. that was obviously going to happen. So then they start to walk to the back and think, oh, Dean Dean hasn't tried to save him. Yeah. And then they go back and Dean obviously feels obliged to come out. And I also like that they didn't play his music. Yeah. And they didn't. the camera didn't cut to him running down the ramp. It was in the ring and then suddenly there's a cheer. And then, oh, Ambrose is here yeah. because that makes it feel more real. And like it wasn't planned. It wasn't, yeah, Ambrose wasn't planning it. He wasn't there at gorilla position saying, play my music, play my music. And then he goes. So that leads this in slightly later in the night, and we're jumping forward a little bit. Backstage segment between the two, Rollins and Ambrose. Again, Rollins um, sort of um, playing the victim almost, wanting the, to rekindle some sort of relationship. Thanks, Ambrose, for his help. Ambrose, again, not playing ball. Uh, says that Seth put him in that situation on purpose so that if he didn't help, he would look like the bad guy. Um, where do we think this is going? Um, Tag match, SummerSlam. Well, now Sarah and Sheamus have been involved, obviously that seems more likely. Um, in the longer term, are we looking at tag team of Seth and Ambrose perhaps winning, winning the titles? We've seen it before. Austin Michaels, Austin Foley. Oh, I can't see him winning it. I can still see... Us going past SummerSlam with Sheamus and Cesaro. Eventual hill turn from one of the two, probably Ambrose. It's got to be Ambrose. You, you, it can't be Rollins again. Well, I'd like to see it, but it probably can't be him again. I personally don't think we'll see it. I don't know why. Um, I just think, as we said earlier, Dean has a legitimate reason to not trust him. Therefore, is there any reason why you should really hate Dean for 
kind of turning on Seth, but can you turn on someone who you don't class as your friend? It's a good point. Just because the crowd likes him doesn't mean you have to like them, which is something that seems to happen a lot in wrestling these days, where, oh, you're a good guy now, therefore I like you. (laughs) Okay, moving on from Seth and and Dean then. Um, Kind of skip over this one a little bit. We saw more from Bray, Wyatt and Finn. At least Bray was in the ring this time. Bray was live. Bray was live and not on the Titan Tron. Not on the Titan Tron, which is different. Um, Still, said the same old stuff. I mean, I like Bray Wyatt. I think he's great. Not a clue what he's going on about. Never an idea about what Bray Wyatt is going on about. But, you know, it sounds good. It sounds good. I'm good. I'm trying to understand. (laughs) His delivery is always good. There's always a lot of maniacal laughter in it at some point. Yeah. Um, So, um, Finn's music plays. The demon Demon music. music We should make a point of that the first time since SummerSlam last year that we've heard it. Um, Dean appears in the ring behind Bray. Uh, sorry, Finn, not Dean. Dean. Um, Finn appears in the, the ring behind Bray with his back turned to him. Brave. Um, Bray laughs at it. Um, Finn, Pele kick. Pele kick. Pele. Pele kick, Pele kick. Uh, to, to Bray. Um, you know, it looked it look great. Finn sort of wards off the, thwarts the attack of Bray. Very aggressive. Um, As he ran past the camera, it was literally growling. Yeah. We're starting to see more of that that demon side come out I think and um, you know as long as we don't see it too often I'm alright with that yeah I'm alright with it I think it's I think it's been a year so yeah James Dean cool and John Wayne tough but he's definitely losing his cool a little bit nice liked it Um, so yeah so that's that's obviously building up to what we assume is a match at at SummerSlam Um, who wins this feud for you it's got to be Bella yeah, you you can't bring back the demon and have him lose. No. Um, but what does it do for Bray? It doesn't matter, does it? Bray's lost a lot of it matches matter, and it doesn't. He's going to lose and he's going to come out the next night and call himself a god. And then call out <laughs> someone else. Yeah. Maybe it will continue past SummerSlam. Um, potentially some kind of Hell in a Cell match. I think that's September or October. Um, but yeah. It's always hard to see where Bray goes from feud to feud. He always manages to find one. He picks a fight all the time, but very rarely tends to back up his words. Mm-hmm. We'll see, we'll see. Um, hopefully we get some decent build-up with, with this one, that the feud with Seth didn't really get off the ground. And it was one, actually one that Bray won, which was unfortunate for him. Shock. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Um, moving on from that, the real main event of the evening yeah, which, the main event that wasn't the main event which we built up to uh, for the whole week um, not on last which I find strange especially when you consider what came after it um, well but it was Strowman, Strowman, my notes after it aren't very long <laughs> <laughs> Strowman versus Reigns versus Samoa Joe triple threat um, my main question about this is why was this match happening if the, if the threat of always already decided why did this match need to happen to make Roman Reigns look strong. So, yeah. So, Reigns picks up the win uh, with a spear on Samoa Joe. Which I was really shocked about. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yeah, again, sensing the tone. Um, <laughs> Matt isn't Reigns' biggest fan. I don't know if it's to do with the link to The Rock, but... Uh, <laughs> it could possibly be, but I just don't like him. Um, I'm not... You know, I'm indifferent on Reigns. I think he's great in the ring. Fairly good on the mic. Um, I appreciate people might not like the way he's been booked 
forced, you might say, on people. Um, I think a lot of the hate is unwarranted. But, you know, that's a, a different story for a different time. Reigns picks up the win in this match. Um, I imagine we'll see some sort of back and forth each week now. Strowman will get the better one week. Joe maybe one. Lesnar will have to be involved in this at some point um, in order to, to build the tension for SummerSlam. Um, sticking your necks out, who wins at SummerSlam? We already said it. You're going for Reigns. It's got to be Reigns, isn't it? It's going to be Reigns. Hey. Joe. I'm still sticking with Joe. I'm going with Joe. Even though he ate, he ate the full the pin in this match. Yeah, I think we've seen the the Reigns victory. Um, you'll kind of see that twice in a programme. Um, I agree with you. I don't know why this match happened. If it was going to happen, I'd rather it happen closer to SummerSlam. Just to... Because they said all oh, Reigns has got the momentum, but we're still three weeks away. Yeah. So give someone that win, maybe in the go home or the week before, and then there's ten pound here and now. We see Superman punch spear, range wins. I'm willing to make that bet. I'm also willing to take that bet. I actually I haven't fully decided who I think wins this match. Um, so you know you've gone range, you've gone Joe. I'll go Braun. None of us going for the actual champion, the guy who could easily beat up all these people in real life <laughs> no I think Lesnar on his way out temporarily drops the title but we'll see uh, Matt I'll take that bet you heard it here and here and for the first time £10 Matt Bumby out of pocket it's a PWP exclusive that um, very much in pocket so after the main event um, we get what is now only referred to as Elias for some reason and one of his pre-match concerts interrupted by Callisto. Now, first question. Callisto, why? <laughs> first question, why Callisto? Second question, why was this happening after the main event? Third question, why are they now referring to him as just Elias? Where did the Samson go? Any yeah, ideas? It's a bit of a shame. Um, it just, it's just odd, isn't it, that wrestlers can just change their name or <laughs> change the way that they get introduced. But are they going down the music route of Elvis Share? It's a good yeah, point. It's a good point. That makes sense. Um, but Elvis was called Elvis Presley to be fair. He did he didn't just have the one name. Yeah. I have no point. problem with them with them just calling him Elias like during the match or something. But there's no reason to like same with Neville. Adrian Neville. Nah, never mind, we'll just call him Neville. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's not a major gripe. It just seems a little bit strange that all of they, yeah. all of a sudden it was just very obvious that they changed their tact in there. It was also very obvious that Booker T didn't get the memo. Um, <laughs> he kept referring to him as Elias Sampson, and uh, after the commercial break, he didn't. Yeah. Uh, so there you can only imagine there might have been a word in his ear at some point to say, "Please stop calling him Elias Sampson." But you know, um, just on the actual match itself, Elias looked good uh, Kalisto offered very very little to the actual match I think um, what do we think of Elias? yeah I think he looked good in this match he looked strong he's got a solid character I like his the heat that he can get before his matches he got a very good reaction from the crowd not just like a positive one is that because he is from Pittsburgh well, well obviously he played, that, he played on the whole Pittsburgh thing um you know, we all saw it coming. He was gonna not say something positive about Pittsburgh in his song, and he didn't. Um, so, but he got yeah, good heat. Um, he looked great. Got great physique. He looks strong. Everything he does looks 
legit. Um, yeah, he looks like he could beat you up. Uh, you know, back give, in the bar. give him a guitar and he could legitimately beat you up. <laughs> or hurt you like yeah. he did Valor a couple of weeks ago. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, but overall impressed with Samson so far. Oh, sorry, Elias so was, far. When I, I remember hearing uh, before WrestleMania time that they were planning on bringing him up to the main roster and I was very, oh my Skeptical. God, I can't believe they're doing this. Um, but it's gone I think they've booked him as well as they could book him really it's gone a lot better than I thought it would and he's gotten over a lot better than I thought he would as well yeah um, someone who perhaps hasn't got over as well as we hoped they would good segue thanks uh, Bailey versus Nia Jax now Bailey is the number one contender for the uh, the women's championship on Raw again uh, as it facing... stands now but we hearing she has got a legitimate injury well here, here's one of my main points from this match um, the match mainly focused on Bailey's shoulder um, happened that Nia Jax fairly roughly <laughs> destroyed her chucked, into the ropes chucked Bailey into the ropes quite awkwardly uh, bad bad collision with the ropes with her shoulder my main question was was this just brilliant selling by Bailey or was it legitimate injury I think we've now seen online that, that there was a bit of an injury we don't know how serious um, that, that, that would be, um, but enough to cause concern maybe for SummerSlam? Yeah, definitely concern. Maybe they'll just put Sasha in. Well, here's I... the thing. is, is um, Sasha Banks nowhere to be seen. Alexa made some sort of reference to her being away on pro- promotional tour. Promotional tour, yeah. yeah um, so... Would we rather see Sasha in this feud against Alexa? That's what makes me wonder whether this is a legitimate injury or not, that... Um... In the interview before the match, Alexa was still paying more attention to Sasha than she was to Bailey. Yep. So it's like they have that in reserve. Um, be it a, le- a legitimate injury or not, if the storyline is Bailey can't compete, get some sympathy for Bailey. They've already got a ready-made story between Alexa and Sasha. That's a good point. Um, then that also there is also the case that that would be a ready-made story between Bailey and Sasha. You if, if you think um, <laughs> Bailey can't compete, Sasha takes her place. If Sasha wins, does that element of jealousy come in from Bailey? Uh, you took my 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 title opportunity, um, and then we can lead into something between those two, which we you know people are clamoring to see. Or even you guys way, are. Alexa uh, would get her rematch. Bailey would say, "I've um, I never got my title shot." So that could be a an interesting way to lead to the heel turn from either Bailey or Sasha. Yeah, I think uh, it certainly would be an interesting way to get there. Um, we'll get there nonetheless, I think. Um, at some point, I doubt it will be Bailey turning heel, though. Oh, yeah, I don't see any way in which they could do that or how it would work. Alright, so we get to the, the final match of the evening, the uh, main event. The main event! Uh, the Battle of Two Seven Footers, Big Show versus Big Cast. Uh, Enzo Amore still plays a big part in this in this feud. Um, the feud really is between those two, Enzo and Cass. Big Show is just sort of a, a side show to, to, the, to the rivalry. But um, Enzo comes out, cuts a promo. Didn't really know what he was going on about. Something about brown bananas. Something about bananas. Um, Ezo's promos are generally great. This one, not one of his best. But you know, he's still one of the best talkers. He tends to sometimes overcomplicate them. Maybe him and Bray should do one together. (laughs) That would complicate things. They could take up the whole three hours of raw talking. (laughs) 
But we won't we won't overcomplicate this this match. Um, Cass picks up the win by DQ. Disappointing. Um, I I think it probably would have done more for Cass had he just gone over clean on the big show. Yeah. Um, Enzo interferes. Big show knocks Cass out with a punch, which looked terrible. Um, didn't really do anything for either of these, these or any three of these guys. Um, did it deserve the main event? Probably not. No. Uh, especially over a triple threat between three of the biggest stars in the company. But hey ho, uh, all that really did was cause the crowd to be really flat at the end of Raw. I thought it was a really flat ending. Yeah, they just sort of went home. It really sort unimpressed. of did the third hour really petered out, and we would have this argument for the rest of our days whether Raw should go back to two hours. Personally, I think it should. I it's never going to happen because of advertisement. You can see why they don't, but it's uh, all you got to do is look at SmackDown to, to see how much better a two-hour show would be. Yeah, the crowd, they just seem to just lose interest after the triple threat. Everything after that was just just fell flat, which was a bit of a shame because up until then it was a decent roar. So yeah, a decent, decent roar. I thought the third hour really let it down. Um, as we were saying, you just have to look at SmackDown for a perfect example of how two hours can really help. I'm talking to SmackDown. SmackDown this week was from Cleveland, Ohio, I believe. Cleveland, yeah. Ohio. From the, the, Quicken, the Quicken Loans Arena. Uh, some very strange names of arenas in America. Um, but we've been hyped for this. Uh, all week with the, the sort of double header main event uh, with Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles and, and a dream also, match yeah a dream match um, I think they mentioned that once or twice <laughs> once or twice <laughs> uh, John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura personally uh, didn't think we were going to see this match um, but we'll come on to that later um, AJ Styles comes out monster pop for AJ, always is always so so be. over with the crowd. For me, the best worker in the company. Mm, I'd argue the other person is. So yeah, facing Kevin Owens, um, the best heel definitely in the company. yeah definitely the best heel in the company by far, I think. I don't know if you noticed, but he was in, since he started feuding with AJ, he started to get some actual booze. Which doesn't tend to happen with Kevin Owens because people just love him so much because he's so entertaining. Yep. But I guess him going up against the most popular guy in the company um, definitely helps his case as a as a heel, which people can hate. Well, I just always note to this, and I've, I've mentioned it a bit ago. Are these two bigger than the US title? Well, there's an argument to be said for this, um, probably across the uh, the whole roster, really. Um, the US title traditionally it's probably been the third biggest title yeah. um, when there was only one world championship now it's probably the fourth but you know these two really elevate it and it's something we've seen over the last couple of years they elevate the US title uh, to a point where it overshadows the, the main championship on, on both shows really um, especially when it's you know it's on someone like AJ or Kevin Owens they're so good that every match they have is going to be great. Um, so I think, yeah, there is a case to be said for that. Um, the actual match itself, I thought, uh, again, really good. Probably better than their battleground match, which ended weirdly. And this one ended weirdly as well. Um, <laughs> but this one was a little bit more deliberate. Well, we say deliberate. Um, 
bit of a botch at the end? I think a bit of a botch is an understatement. <laughs> so Mike Kyoto, the referee, uh, been around for so long, uh, takes a, a, a rogue forearm from, from Kevin Owens, or a punch from Kevin Owens. Or a thumb to the eye. <laughs> to the eye, <laughs> uh, which obviously knocks him for six. Um, doesn't see the fact that Kevin Owens' shoulder was clearly up. Blind. He was blind. He could not see it. Uh, so the match finishes with AJ, a rather sloppy pin, but you know I, I think that was meant to play into the whole finish. It was a, a, a terrible call by the referee, which JBL in particular made a, a huge point of. We all saw it, all right? Um, it was meant to happen. Obviously, I it liked wasn't a botch in that the respect. angle they were going with on TV where they looked over Kevin Owens' shoulder of his reaction and then cut away from it. Yeah, it's, it, there was a, a, a nice shot from over Kevin Owens' shoulder. Um, which they quickly panned away from uh, with a wasted opportunity. But, you know, it's small things. Everything that these guys seem to do together is really improving. The chemistry is really getting there. At the start, I, I thought maybe their matches weren't quite gelling, um, but they seem to now. Uh, yeah, that's I for think sure. this was their best match. And the crowd yeah. was so into it. And we're seeing what, what we are seeing is a really great example of how to build up to a how main event build, match yeah. at SummerSlam. Um, by giving us these shorter matches between the two, which end in unsatisfying ways, you really build anticipation for a, a blow-off match at one of the biggest cards uh, of the year um, for a major title, which they've now made the US title to be. And it's purely been based around the matches. Exactly, there isn't too there much that goes any, on. Like backstage attacks, exactly. or any like long drawn-out promos. It's just been we're having matches, we keep beating each other. There's eventually going to have to be a rubber match, but it's all just been wrestling. Exactly, and that's what we, you know, in in a world where WWE caters so many different audiences, it's nice to see that there's still room for people like us who just want to see great wrestling matches yeah. between two of the the best in the world. And I legitimately feel that AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world at the moment. I'd argue it's Kevin Owens, but then they're both in this match. They're so. in the state, they're in the very they're, they're very uh, close to each other in terms of. Um, the way they're performing at the moment. It depends on your tastes as well. Pure athleticism of AJ, entertaining character forget, of Kevin Owens. We mustn't forget also, that AJ Styles is 40 years old. He is 40 years old now. 40 years old. It's such a shame that he, he didn't arrive in WWE a lot earlier. Um, but the guy is 40 and some of the stuff he does for someone his age is, is just ridiculous. Uh, but we could, I could wax lyrical about AJ Styles all evening. Um, I'll maybe save that for another show. Yeah. Um, but so AJ Styles picks up the win, uh, retains the, the title. Um, Kevin Owens, obviously irate. Great heel work backstage with uh, Daniel Bryan and Shane. Matches and the referee. Made, and the referee. Uh, matches made for SummerSlam, uh, the rematch. Uh, and Daniel Bryan chips in that Shane's going to be special guest referee, which kind of harps us back a little bit to the Attitude Era. Um, Shane, <laughs> some memorable cameos as a guest ref. Um, uh, how do we see this one panning out? Did well, anyone think, um, as Daniel Bryan was saying, or, or as Kevin Owens was saying, oh, I want a referee who's competent who's going to call down the middle? Proper whatever, ref. I, a little bit of me thought Chris Jericho. Yeah, I. And then he would be like, "What? No, you can't do that." And then obviously he'd be the heel moaning about the ref the whole time. It did cross my mind as well. I thought when when I was waiting for him to announce, I thought Chris Jericho was an option. I guess it just, I, I don't know if um, Jericho is, is back or if it was just a one and done. Uh, remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, Shane's the ref. Are we looking forward to it? 
what annoyed me a little bit about this was JBL after and only after Shane McMahon was put in, then called it a blockbuster. Yeah, a lot of JBL's commentaries widely criticised. Well, I, um, I put on my notes, idiot. Which <laughs> is probably one of the nicest things someone's ever called JBL. Yeah. One of the things that's always annoyed me about JBL is the amount of times he says, wow, when someone does a someone does a kick, someone does a punch or a clothesline, whatever, about ten times a night he'll just say, wow, and it's always in the exact same voice, in the exact same way. It sounds like it's a sound yeah. bite. That they just play over and over again. Again, it's something uh, that's another thing I could go on all evening about. <laughs> yeah. uh, the commentator's overuse of phrases. Michael Cole brings to mind with the Superman punch. Yep. Uh, Superman punch. Uh, or, oh my! <laughs> um, but, you know, it, we, we've been living with that for years now. It isn't going to change anytime soon, unfortunately. And my final point on this match is just um, how much better is a show when it starts with a match rather than a long drawn out yeah. promo again one it, of the main differences between Raw and Smackdown I think yeah, yeah. it just gets the show rolling where it, it just starts off with such a better feel the crowd are way more into it um, and it's it just feels a lot better I guess it always helps when you can start with AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good start carrying on with that good start I thought um, the Usos uh, now well, we didn't know it was the Usos. We, did, we didn't know it was the Usos. Because, because all we heard was, Oh, Cleveland! And that's because uh, Jimmy or Jay, I, I mean, I still cannot tell the difference. I don't <laughs> know who, uh, but one of them did an amazing Big E impression. Um, <laughs> I genuinely felt that that was Big E. thought something was a little bit off with it. And then they came out and I realised it wasn't you know, it wasn't New Day. Um, it was the Usos. It was the Usos. Now this whole new heel persona from the Usos just 100% better than what they were before. They're more legitimate now. They're, they just they're vicious. Themselves. They're nasty. They're mean. And and they they rap now. <laughs> we obviously we saw this with a rap battle a few weeks back um, before uh, before Battlegrounds. Um, very entertaining, I thought, incidentally. Uh, is this going to be a, an ongoing thing, do you think? The rapping during promos? Yeah, I don't have I don't a, hate it. No, I don't have a problem with it. Um, it's not rapping where they're rapping to a rhythm or anything. They're just speaking words and they're making rhymes and it sounds cool. Three um, men talking about each other with popsicles. <laughs> I don't know, talking about each other's popsicles. Is one of my notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think there's a quite a good contrast between the New Day's attitude, which is very happy-go-lucky, which is very sort of aimed at kids again, and the Usos' attitude. One thing I do fear is maybe the Usos will be the crowd favourites going into any sort of rivalry they have with New Day going forward, which kind of takes away from their hill persona. Obviously, like New Day crowd. are always going to have their fans, but especially, as you say, in the Brooklyn crowd, Usos, to me, Brooklyn crowd heels get over. Exactly, and I, I fear that can take away a little. And he's bit not from, just any heels; these are like cool heels. Yeah, there's which not, we wouldn't there's have not, said a year ago. No, but no. there's there's not really any real reason to dislike them. They're cool guys. They look cool. They dress cool. They talk cool, and they beat people up. Um, the only reason you can really dislike them is that they beat up the people you like. But if you like the Usos, what's the problem with that? Exactly, and um, 
we've seen from the matches that they've had that this they can put on some really good matches these yes. two teams the battleground match was phenomenal I thought um, Xavier Woods looked brilliant in that match uh, I didn't expect the title change that happened either that was great uh, I thought they might save that for SummerSlam assuming that this goes into a match at SummerSlam right yeah, we're we're heading down that path. Yeah. There's no other teams that are gonna. It has to, and I'm 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 glad that they've given this time because these are the two biggest teams, arguably even in, in the company. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm glad that they've given it time and haven't just kind of blown it off. Yeah. Um. Now. Something that maybe has fallen a little bit on not deaf ears, but has maybe fallen a little bit by the wayside in the UK. <laughs> Uh, the Fashion Files, uh, based this week on the show Twin Peaks. Which, which I've never seen. Which I don't think many of us in the UK have seen. I've seen, it did make a return this year. Um, and I saw a very brief clip of it a few weeks back, which was very strange and disturbing. Uh, so I kind of understood the uh, the sort of relevance when, when Tyler was... Uh, having that daydream and saying stop with all the metaphors no more metaphors, uh, no more metaphors. Uh, uh, um, it kind of made sense to me but i doubt it made sense to many people in the uk but sure sure it did in america so you know that's what they're aiming for but at the end he did say he knows he's done it yeah so i'm actually um quite interested to know yeah I'm... if it turns out to be the colognes i'm going to be massively disappointed it's a series which has lasted a lot longer than expected yeah i thought I kind of thought they would disappear after they lost their title matches against the Usos. Which were great matches! Which were really good matches, and um, I'm glad that they've stuck around and built this own story. Um, I wasn't 100% sure whether they needed fashion files every week, um, but it's, it's doing goofy. a good job. They're, they're not just doing it to be funny, they actually have a, a real story, which is obviously going to pay off in some kind of match or angle. Yeah, and... and these fashion files are a brilliant example of how uh, non-ring action well, yeah, or non-ring action can, can actually really benefit someone's in-ring persona nobody cared about Breezango three or four months ago well, nobody cared about them individually no, before they became Breezango they were wasted really on, on the show um, but now everyone's invested and they're genuinely people want to know who's some of this. the top Baby faces in on SmackDown at the moment, which I never thought I'd say. <laughs> um, something I ever also never thought I'd say is that Sami Zayn loses to Aiden English. Now the Sultan of Song. Aiden English. Aiden English. I I don't despise many people on the roster. And it's probably a bit of a strong word, but I hate this gimmick. Yeah. I've... My notes say, singing, don't get it. Yeah. I think it's a good heel gimmick to get heat, but this week especially, it just went on too long. Yeah, I, I just don't It went really on understand. longer than the match did. I was, match I was very much expecting him to get off the turnbuckle, finish singing, turn around and do a halluva kick. That was it. I did not expect so, it to actually beat Sami Zayn. So my, my main notes from this match, quick match, English beat Zayn. What the hell? Uh, I think that pretty much sums it all up. I think it was from what came after, probably why he lost. Again, so Mike and Maria Kanellis come out and, and add virtually nothing to the situation, just say that they... They love each they other. Love that and he they lost, love that he lost. Uh, which is surely a given. Um, now, 
is one thing I want to quickly talk about. I I have and always have had high hopes for Sami Zayn on the main roster. Um, do we think it's a case that WWE just don't see anything in him? Yeah. Or do I, we think they're playing the ultra slow burn? I would. Th- I think many people are of the same opinion as you. I personally love Sami Zayn. Um, I would love to see him eventually win the title, ultimate underdog kind of situation. I think if you don't feel that Sami Zayn's a great talent, go and watch his match with Nakamura, which is by far one of the best matches I've ever seen. Uh, The same can be said for his matches with Kevin Owens. Battlegrounds last year, probably one of the matches of the year. And I would say that Sami Zayn um, has given us the Braun Strowman that we have these days. Yeah, we forget that Sammy was a big part of the, the initial push. Part, to... Pe- yeah. People say Dolph Ziggler, but I, for me, Sammy Zayn is the best seller in the company. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would agree but with that. Could, could you say that he's he's so, such a good seller that it's to his detriment in that he can he can make anyone good look good, so they go, oh, we need to make someone look good, let's stick him against Sammy Zayn. Yeah, well, yeah there's the argument that that... But that, there was a similar thing that could have been said about Shawn Michaels years and years ago. He was a great seller, made everybody look good in his matches. But, you know, we know what happened with him. So, you know, high hopes for Sammy. What did happen to Shawn Michaels? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would just love to see Sammy get to the top. Um, and I would, although it would pain me to see it, to have Sammy get to the top and then instantly get cashed in on by Baron Corbin... I think it would be fantastic. See, I I'm I have this sort of um, not recurring dream, but just <laughs> just uh, Are you I wouldn't go about Sammy? I wouldn't go that far, but this 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 vision that not this year but next, Sammy is in the world title picture, and he wins the world title, only to be cashed in on by Kevin Owens. I would love that. Yeah, that would be that amazing. would be that would great. be amazing. I think that would just add so much to their story already. It would add a whole new level but they faced each other for the last time ever at Battleground last year (laughs) so that'll never happen again yeah I mean uh, The Rock and Cena was once in a lifetime as well so we know what WWE like with their their last time ever yeah Cena beat them valid point Um, someone else who also has a valid point (laughs) Carmella no Ellsworth still 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 fine free Ellsworth t-shirt free free Ellsworth (laughs) t-shirt which I thought looked great um the match itself, tag team match, Carmella and Natalia against Naomi and Becky Lynch. I haven't got much notes on it, really. No, I've got two two points. Um, my first point is basically to say nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, nothing. No, uh, no real progression on the rivalry. No real progression on um, Natalia and Naomi's match at SummerSlam. No real progression on Carmella being money in the bank. I felt that it on. actually was more Becky Lynch. Yeah. There was more emphasis on Becky Lynch than there was on anyone else. Yeah, uh, I think maybe this this match was used just as filler, and you know we've seen that over the years with women's wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I hope it doesn't go that way forever, but um, there wasn't too much to be seen of it this this week. I must say that with Carmella, um, I do like how she's been booked since winning the Money in the Bank. Um, I she hasn't been around every week. You haven't seen her a lot. You've barely seen her wrestle. Um, and I like that because when you do see her, you then remember, oh, she's money in the bank winner. So I. It's exciting every time you see her. Then yeah, is she I, gonna cash in? I would have her. Um, 
I would have Baron Corbin be booked the same way because so far, up until this week, Baron Corbin been there every week, week uh, having a match every week. I would just have him off TV for three weeks to a month, um, just so you kind of forget. And then when he's there, you go, oh yeah, he can, he had this, and it just adds intrigue to the character. So yeah, I like that Carmella hasn't been that present every week. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't perhaps like the fact that Carmella was the one yeah. to tap out. I didn't uh, like this. Um, I think it weakens her considerably. Um, I feel like there was another way they could have gone with that. Um, but, you know, faces win. Um, Naomi looked great um, and did well. I just thought this match really didn't do anything for anyone. No, no. and I hate the fact that she's got a glow-up title. The glow, glowing title really does my head. Yeah, again, uh, something I don't think is aimed at us no. as an audience. What um, do you mean? <laughs> you love glowing, glowing titles, I mean. I've got a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what you do at the weekends is your business. <laughs> um, another well, an interesting match up next on SmackDown. One again we've never seen. There's quite a recurring theme actually, matches that we haven't seen before. Um, Chad Gable versus Rusev, um, which I thought was a really was a really good match. Um, how good is Chad Gable? Yeah, he's alright, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's um, his oh, he suplexes be... were amazing. Did yeah. you not feel... Well, I felt this. He looked like Angle in his prime. With a lot more hair. Um, well, yeah, with a lot more hair. But he's just so impressive. Yeah, he, he does things where you would not be able... You wouldn't... Just looking at him, wouldn't think he could do. No, and I mean, let's not take anything away from Rusev in this match as well. I thought... No, Rusev had a great showing. Rusev, really, really good showing. Uh, competitive match. Rusev actually picked up the win, which I was... I was actually surprised about... Because the way Rusev is booked, I'm genuinely not used to him winning matches. Um, He's booked poorly. Yeah, and this was maybe a step in the right direction for him. Mm. Yeah, he it, could be SmackDown's monster heel. He could be. Um, and, you know, maybe this is the first sort of step in that. He could be SmackDown's Samoa Joe. Yeah, good comparison. Yeah, I think legitimately could be a badass heel yeah. for SmackDown. But, um, you know, as we've seen... Uh, it doesn't always work out that yeah. way for him. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll see see what happens with him. Uh, really great match. Uh, the only slightest point for me was how quick Chad Gable tapped out. Yeah, he got put in the accolade and then... Within two seconds he I tapped. I don't like this. Um, so I personally didn't have a problem with that because um, I can't remember if it was during or if it was in the replay after um, JBL because Rusev had given him a thrust kick straight to the face, knocked him out put the accolade on, tapped out, and JBL just said he had no idea where he was. So I think the idea being that Gable was so out of it um, that there was no need to try and hold on. So yeah. I can kind of, I can see why they've done it that way, and I really don't have a problem. It just feels as though, and we know in, in big matches, especially on, on big stages, but when, when a submission hold is locked in and, and, and the face is in peril and there's a very real chance they'll lose if they are... Um, able to hold on for a while perhaps even almost get to the ropes only to be pulled back not only does it work great for the swell of crowd support for them as a face but for the heel it gets great heat i think rusev could really do with that um but you know it's only a small small gripe um after the match rusev takes the microphone Cena didn't beat me not quite sure of the legitimacy of that claim. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
because Cena, Cena literally did beat him. Uh, but you know, John Cena beats everyone, or does he? Nobody um, can beat me. Nobody can beat Rusev, which again flies pretty much in the face of everything we've just said because everyone beats Rusev. Yeah. Um, and that's the type of thing a heel should be saying. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, so who answers his call up? No other than Randy Orton. Now, um, we haven't reaction. seen Randy Orton since the Punjabi prison. Um, great reaction, as you say. Let's um, not go there about the Punjabi prison match. <laughs> terrible memories. Um, but rest in peace, Sing Brothers. <laughs> oh, no, uh, we saw them. Oh, they were they there. The Sling Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll get my coat. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, Randy Orton comes out to answer the call. Uh, I'll, I'll admit it. Genuinely, was quite excited to see Randy Orton. I thought uh, I'm quite looking forward to some sort of collision between two. Yeah, and probably at least the third time we've said this now. Refreshing it's, matchup. I haven't seen this match before, so. Um, my only concern with this, and we've mentioned it just now, is Randy Orton is most likely to go over on Rusev, and I don't see Rusev winning this feud. No, it's going to be a RKO out of nowhere. Very yeah. interesting that they made a SummerSlam match so quick. <laughs> Very quickly, and immediately no after point, the invitation. No point did Rusev say the words that I want an opponent for SummerSlam, but Randy said, you want an opponent for SummerSlam? Well, now you've got one. Well, I mean... Um, Rusev might have said he wanted an opponent for SummerSlam, but we wouldn't know because he's spoken Bulgarian half <laughs> yeah. the time. Yes, um, so which is something I've never understood. No. Foreign heels randomly breaking out into their native language mid-sentence and mid-conversation just to get food. It just doesn't make sense to me. It would never happen in real life. No. One thing that we also didn't think was going to happen in real life, John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, in the... Main event. main event. Now this is a real main event that happened last on the show, unlike Raw, where the uh, main event was three quarters of the way through. Um, and I felt it lived up to the hype. I mean, obviously this isn't the only time we're going to see this type of match uh, with Shinsuke and John Cena. Well, they the only really dream match, the which was mentioned maybe about forty times. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've got down here that they have surprisingly good chemistry. I thought so. I was I expecting had... maybe a bit of a clunky match, um, but it it was very smooth. It all went quite well. You say it all went well and it was all smooth, but there was one oh, large oh, point oh. in the match which we can't really to a ignore. Point. Oh, um, oh, right at the end, Cena was dropped on his neck. Cena Cena was literally dropped on his head. Uh, just looked horrible. No fault, I think, of either man, really. Uh, no, it's just one of those moves that just didn't quite come it off. It didn't quite. I don't think the rotation was there. Cena isn't the most agile uh, as it is, but, um, yeah, no blame really lays at Shinsuke, I don't think. It looked um, nasty. It did look nasty. I, I was genuinely concerned for Cena's well-being after that. I do worry that um, it will be one of those... We'll see it in the next coming days saying yeah. that Nakamura is not allowed to use that suplex anymore because he nearly killed the biggest guy <laughs> in the company. Uh, and I hope yeah. not because it's one of his signature moves and it, when it comes off, it looks like a great impactful suplex. And he's done it many times before without without incident. So. Yeah, that's the only time I can recall it ever going slightly So wrong. hopefully we won't be in that situation. Um, but, you know, we have to say, obviously, want to look out for the, the competitor's health and we hope Cena's okay. I mean, he carried on with the match, but it, it ended pretty much immediately after. I'm pretty sure that was the plan anyway. I don't think yeah, it was cut short. Yeah, it did short. look like it was. Um, was. But he managed to um, to return after. Um, 
after the match as well. So you know maybe he will he'll be okay. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, it, it did look bad, and hopefully it's not as bad as it looked. What I was thinking during this match and after it had finished as well was it very much reminded me of Cena versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I mean, it, in that it, no one expected Daniel Bryan to win, but he won clean. Cena put him over. Um, is Cena a push for Nakamura? I think he's. I think John Cena is can elevate anyone, and you beat John Cena, and then you're on your way to to the main event, and this is literally the case with this with this uh, Nakamura match. But um, yeah, I think, and I think this is probably what we'll see more of from John Cena going forwards. Um, obviously, it looks like we know where his next feud is going to be if he's healthy enough. Um, but I won't. A lot of people, obviously, over the years, knock knock John Cena. Um, and to an extent, I can understand why people would say that over the years he's buried people or he's really stopped people's pushes. Yeah, buried talent. But we're not seeing that anymore. And no. I, think that's, I think that's great. Um, he's still a, a very legitimate threat to, to the world title. Um, but it's just, you know, to sound corny, it's not his time. Uh, it's not his time. The only negative I had time. about the match was... Uh, at that point, you could see Cena calling it. Yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah, said yeah. something that we we will see have always seen with John Cena, yeah, and we'll continue spot, to see. Spot calling is very loud. Uh, it doesn't bother me that much, but I feel that it doesn't. Just someone mean, of his level, yeah, and Nakamura's level. Yeah, they they've obviously never worked together before, but someone of their caliber um, doesn't necessarily need not to. Not to just be so obvious about it anyway, so yeah. it's a little bit disappointing, but it's yeah, it's not, unless you're looking out for it, it's not that noticeable. Yeah. So, the match uh, went well. I thought, uh, you know, uh, I I did actually expect Nakamura to win this one um, if it was going to happen. Part of me did feel like this match wasn't actually going to start. I thought maybe Baron Corbin would, would interrupt before the match got underway and we wouldn't see it. They did something similar, I think, with Orton versus Cena and earlier on in the year um, when Orton was the, I think he won the Royal Rumble um, and there was, we were supposed to see Cena versus Orton on SmackDown but we never got to it. Uh, I thought something like that might happen but it didn't and it was great to see that it actually went ahead. Strange that they gave it away on sort of free-to-air TV over in America. Yeah. Not so free for us. But, uh, um, but I, you know, I thought it was great. Um the, the win wasn't the end of it. Uh, there was down. massive respect at the end as well. Yeah, so. there was. Um, twice, actually, as I come on to this point. The win, the, the, the pinfall and the celebration from Nakamura wasn't the end of it. SmackDown went off the air. Uh, you may have seen on the network or online. I did not see this. Yeah, Having seen watched this. it on Sky Sports, I did not see the end. So what happened, if you haven't seen it, was that um, Baron Corwin attacked Shinsuke after the match in the ring with the briefcase. Um, John Cena comes back to the ring to help out and uh, gets laid out by Corbin outside the ring. Corbin sets up the announce table and the steps to lead up to the announce table. Uh, I'm assuming he was going for an end of days or a deep six on Cena through the table or something. Uh, Cena reverses into an attitude adjustment through the table. Visibly in pain, John Cena, um, but still managed to pull the spot off, which looked impactful, it looked good. And we're just assuming this is where Cena and, and Corbin go from from here. Yeah, you'd have to think so. I mean, you can't have SummerSlam without Cena. 
Um, so you'll have to put him in ang- in some kind of angle. He's obviously not in the world title picture now. So it's looking at a stacked card already for SummerSlam. It is. It's going to be obviously it's one of the big four shows now, so it's going to be a four-hour show. So they have got considerable time to fill. They have. Um, we'll come on to SummerSlam in the next few weeks. I think um, there's obviously a big card, uh, a lot of matches to get through. And we'll, we'll try and make some, some predictions going forward in the weeks. Um, that pretty much uh, covers Raw and SmackDown this week. Um, and that pretty much covers our, our first ever episode of PWP. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, we hope you've enjoyed uh, enjoyed listening. Um, again, forgive us if we, we've rambled. or <laughs> if we, Tell us if we've rambled. Yeah, I mean, as, as I say, follow us uh, on Twitter at the underscore PWP. Uh, the People's Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. We want to hear, you know, what you think. Um, even if it's not good. Uh, but if it isn't good, I'll be sending that around. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, I hope you've had uh, a laugh. We've certainly had a laugh recording. It's been a long evening. It's been uh, a long <laughs> evening. <laughs> had some, some teething problems, but we'll get there. Uh, so, so bear with us. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs>